A conservative bill aimed to ban federal vaccine mandates is voted down by MPs. The NHL reversed its ban on Pride Tape only a few weeks after implementing it due to pushback from leftist activists. Staff at an Ontario public library said allowing a prominent British author to speak could test the bounds of hate speech. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, October 26th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Lindsay Shepard. And I'm Isaac Lamoureux. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A bill aimed at preventing the federal government from imposing COVID vaccine mandates for employment or travel in Canada was voted down in the House of Commons Wednesday. The private member's bill championed by Conservative leader Pierre Polyev dubbed the Prevention of Government-Imposed Vaccination Mandates Act, or Bill C-278, faced stiff opposition from Liberal and NDP MPs. The bill received 114 votes in favour and 205 against, with all Liberal, NDP, and Bloc MPs voting against it. The bill sought to amend the Financial Administration Act, the Canada Labour Code, and several other laws to prohibit the federal government from imposing vaccination mandates in the future. It would have ensured that individuals could not be compelled to receive a COVID vaccine as a condition of employment in the federal public administration or as part of their involvement with other federally regulated undertakings. Additionally, the bill aimed to prevent regulations under the Aeronautics Act, Railway Safety Act, and Canada Shipping Act 2001 from barring individuals from boarding aircraft, trains, or vessels solely based on their vaccination status. Over a million unvaccinated Canadians were barred from traveling via plane, train, or crossing the border prior to the Liberals lifting the mandates last year. Isaac, do you think the government wants Canadians to forget about the draconian lockdowns during COVID? And will they ever attempt to invoke similar measures to what we saw during COVID? Well, Lindsay, uh, I think the government, specifically the federal government, would love for Canadians to forget about the draconian lockdowns during COVID. Uh, I believe that many Canadians think the government overreached with the mandates that they imposed. Uh, I wish I could say that they would not attempt to invoke similar measures again, but if that were the case, then why would they be voting down this bill? I I think that if the bill was passed in the House, then that might speak to the parties owning up to their mistakes. The exclusion faced by non-vaccinated people during the lockdowns was a level of discrimination that I have not yet seen in my lifetime in Canada. Knowing what we know now with the harmful side effects encountered by many with the vaccine, I believe that lots of people would be more cautious if similar mandates were imposed in the future. And I think that this could cause a division in society unlike we've ever seen before. Do you think it's just the federal government that wants Canadians to to forget? Or are there provincial governments that might feel the same way? Well, Isaac, in general, I mean, I think you're right that when the Liberal, NDP and Bloc vote against this motion, they're saying that they think they have the right still to impose vaccine mandates on Canadians and they have the right to exhibit control over our bodily autonomy. And they learned no lessons from the Freedom Convoy and the individuals and groups that have been presenting arguments against mandates for years now. And you mentioned the side effects. Right. So they've learned nothing from the vaccine injuries and the youth cardiovascular problems that we're seeing. It would have been nice to have some reassurance that the mandates of 2021 and 2022 won't happen again. And 
Although, yeah, horrifically, I need to add 2023 because some of these mandates are indefinite. And look, I won't get conspiratorial here, but I will say some people on social media who were anti-lockdown and anti-mandate, and rightly so, are saying that the next thing is climate lockdowns. And to be real with you, I don't doubt it. I think it's a real possibility. Lockdowns in the name of reducing emissions due to vehicular and air travel. But of course, just for, you know, the, the plebs, not for the elites. They can they can do whatever they want. They can fly to tropical locations multiple times a year. But the rest of us will be, uh, you know, limited to our 15-minute radius or what have you. So... I won't discount the possibility of climate lockdowns and any kind of subsequent mandate that might come along with that. The NHL announced the reversal of its ban on pride tape only a few weeks after implementing it due to pushback from activists. This decision was made after consultations with the Players Union, the NHL Player Inclusion Coalition, and other stakeholders. The original ban, established earlier in October, prohibited players from using rainbow-colored pride tape during on-ice activities, including games, practices, and warm-ups. The reversal comes only a few days after Arizona Coyotes defenseman Travis Dermott used the then-banned pride tape on the shaft of his stick during the game. Dermott has not yet heard from the league about whether he will face reprimand. He said that he felt his message portrayed in the one game was enough and did not plan to continue wearing pride tape in the near future. Many leftist activist groups also stood up against the NHL's pride ban. Prior to the NHL reversing its ban, Egal Canada, a government-funded trans rights organization, critiqued the league, saying, The NHL has decided to side with the voices of anti-2SLGBTQI hate. Lindsay, do you think it's just a matter of time before the NHL reverses its ban on rainbow-themed jerseys as well? As always, if you give the woke mob an inch, they'll take a mile. Right, so if pride jerseys are reintroduced, we may see a repeat of last season when some players sat out from wearing the pride jerseys during the warm-ups, This was largely for religious reasons, but also some Russian players within the NHL didn't want to wear the rainbow pride jerseys because in their homeland, there are laws against promoting LGBT causes in public. So the Russian players feared any kind of consequence for wearing the rainbow jerseys. Um, And I think the problem arises with something like the pride flag is that people get really rabid about it. And if you have these pride nights and some players choose not to wear the pride jersey, then immediately there is a witch hunt to find out who's not wearing it and why. So, you know, immediately it becomes about ideological conformity um, rather than just supporting the cause. So what exactly is the purpose of the rainbow-themed jerseys and sticks? Does the NHL think there will be an uptake of LGBTQ players suddenly, or is this just virtue signaling at its worst? Yeah, you know, at this point... We all kind of know the rainbow, it's not just about being supportive of gay marriage and not discriminating against gays. There's a whole bunch of ideological baggage that comes along with the pride flag. You're supposed to support sexually explicit materials being taught in schools to kids of young ages. Um, You're supposed to be against parental rights. You're supposed to support limits on free speech in order to not ever say anything that could slightly offend the LGBT community. And you're also kind of expected to think that, you know, heterosexual marriage is so outdated and uncool. And, you know, a husband and wife is the base unit in society. That sucks. So, you know, all that is to say the pride flag is 
more so a symbol of leftist causes and adherence to their causes than just being about gay rights. Yeah, and just, I'm curious, obviously Travis Dermott was the first player and the only player, uh, in fact, to to openly stand out against the NHL by wearing pride tape on, on his stick. And when it comes to, I guess, fandom, Travis Dermott's definitely on the low end of the NHL. He's no Connor McDavid or Cindy Crosby. So I'm just curious, what did the NHL expect? Like, they, they reversed the ban after the first player to, to oppose it. And by all means, a, a lower end player. I, I was just surprised by that. Maybe they were waiting for someone like him to come along that they could kind of make a hero out of um, because they did want to reverse it already. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't I don't follow hockey. So um, your insight is is useful on that point. But uh, yeah, maybe they just wanted to let him be the hero. Staff at an Ontario public library accused a prominent British author of leaning, quote, far right and nearing hate speech in internal deliberations about whether to allow her to give a talk at a library venue. The Society for Academic Freedom and Scholarship, a Canada-based group dedicated to free speech and academic freedom, attempted to book a theatre at the London Public Library in London, Ontario, for a talk by Joanna Williams, but was barred from doing so. The library told the group the booking violated its policies on workplace and sexual harassment and would pose a risk of property damage or personal injury if allowed. The library refused to explain how, even when event organizers pointed out that Williams' events had never had such issues. In internal emails obtained by True North under freedom of information laws, it's clear that library management took issue with Williams' body of work. The booking request was quickly elevated to the library CEO, Michael Ciccone. Ciccone wrote in an email, quote, She's definitely controversial and would draw protests and attention. She's considered a turf and leans far right without totally going there. As previously reported by True North, the day after Williams' talk was to take place, the library allowed a booking by Palestinian comedian Amr Zar, whose past comments include explicit support for violence and designated terrorist groups. You can read Andrew Lawton's exclusive at www.tnc.news. Isaac, the left seems to accuse anything and anyone that challenges their opinions as being far right. Does this accusation have any meaning anymore? Well, Lindsay, I don't think it does have much meaning anymore. When I used to think of far right groups, the first thing that came to mind was Nazis. Uh, Now it seems that left wing medias use this term broadly to label almost anyone who oppose their views. If you challenge mainstream media or ideologies on anything, you may be labeled as far right. Whenever I see the term uh, far right in a mainstream media article these days, for example, it doesn't stand out to me at all. It's almost an expectation. Maybe they like using this blanket term so freely because it gets the more clicks. Uh, Who's to say? Yeah, and if you read Andrew's article, you'll see that Todd Kyle, the head of the Brampton Library, in these emails that were obtained through the Freedom of Information laws, um, this head of the Brampton Library replied to Ciccone and suggested that the Society for Academic Freedom and Scholarship was attempting to secure the venue as a test. So they can't even fathom a world where people want to openly explore ideas. It just has to be some sort of test to to see if the libraries um, will allow them to speak or not. But Isaac, how can you uphold free speech in Canada if you're canceling people for having the wrong opinion and only allowing those you agree with to speak? 
Well, Lindsay, I, I don't think you can. Uh, upholding free speech in Canada involves protecting the rights of every individual to express their opinion, even if those opinions are unpopular or challenge prevailing norms. Uh, it's a delicate balance to strike between free speech and preventing harm or inciting violence. Even still, recently we've seen some people openly supporting terrorist groups in the streets with little repercussion. If you're going to allow that, then it has to go both ways. For example, protest against, say, the federal government would certainly not be of concern if they're going to allow protests that support terrorist groups. You can't have it both ways. You can't say you support free speech and allow people to speak out against anything they want until it's something you personally disagree with, and then you take action against them. I believe that free speech is one of democracy's most important rights and freedoms, and it should be protected at all costs. Yeah, and, and when you look at the emails when the library officials are talking about this Palestinian comedian, Amr Zar, who was supporting violence and terrorist groups, they are concerned about possibly violating the performer's charter rights, um, when that was just simply never a concern for Joanna Williams. So it is so selective, isn't it? But that's not even new to us. Um, but if anything, you know, what I take from this is people who are dedicated to truth-seeking and open inquiry, we need our own spaces. You know, we can't rely on having open inquiry on university campuses, which is just abominable. Um, we can't rely on libraries now. So I can really only conclude that we need private businesses to, to form and um, give us some speaker cafes. I think we've seen initiatives like this in Britain, but we need it here. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 1 p.m. Eastern, and Ratioed with Harrison Faulkner will be live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye.